This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. Today is day 73 of Operation Swords of Iron. Morning, Anthony Reich. Terrible news coming out uh, after Shabbos. Bokotov, Shavuotov. Yeah, uh, it doesn't get any easier. It really doesn't get any easier. And, you know, if I was to summarize where we're at, uh, the big picture, um, lots of operation, obviously, in Gaza. Um, the idea of controlling quite significant swathes of, of Gaza, especially in the north at the moment, but life continues to be extremely dangerous for our soldiers, not only in the south, but indeed also in the north. Still many, many Hamas terrorists operating, still many civilians that we are trying to somehow circumvent in order to get to the terrorist infrastructure. The uh, war in Gaza is challenging and um, it um, presents challenges not only in terms of wanting to get to the terrorists but also challenges in terms of wanting to avoid um, taking any innocent civilians um, in the process. And I know that Israel has stood accused of genocide and all these very hyperbole terms that are being used in order to describe the civilian casualties um, that are going on in Gaza. But I think that, you know, one needs to recognize that this is in spite of um, the IDF's attempts to try to circumvent um, civilian casualties. Still activities in Judea and Samaria. We first heard of um, um, uh, IDF activities in Jenin. Um, and more recently now in Tulkarim, which gets ever closer to the border with Israel, um, the idea of carrying out anti-terror activities even within Judea and Samaria. The issue, um, the, the events on the northern border with Lebanon continue to escalate. At one point, I thought there was uh, some sort of an equilibrium where we kind of struck each other within 10 kilometers each side of the border and everybody kind of understood um, what the limits were, but those limits seem to be expanding all the time. The latest is that Israel has been um, active 45 kilometers inside of Lebanon, which is the deepest that Israel has um, infiltrated into Lebanon. So um, the things on the northern border also very, very sensitive and lots of issues about discipline within the IDF. There was um, this video that went viral that showed IDF soldiers in a mosque in Jenin late last week, and they managed to grab the Moezin, the broadcast system from the mosque, which we know has very, very powerful speakers on the outside and goes out to the entire neighborhood around the mosque. And those soldiers have happen to then use that moezin to uh, to broadcast uh, some brachot from our religion rather than the usual Muslim muezzin that we hear. Those soldiers, we understand, have been disciplined. That is not according to the standards of the IDF. Those were the words that came um, from the IDF. So those soldiers have been disciplined um, and action has been taken against them. And, of course, the tragic news that you referred to that we heard um, during Shabbat was uh, of, of course, the three hostages who were killed by friendly fire, by IDF fire, um, when they came out looking for refuge, looking for the IDF to accept them and say, 
please come home and instead the soldiers who were there and were primed to to act against terrorists were not expecting this and unfortunately in the process those three hostages were killed by idea fire um and um this has created a blanket of mourning over israel and um, we are completely devastated and heartbroken over this incident we understand that the soldiers involved have been taken for counseling in order to help them to get over what is a tragic incident not only for us but indeed for them um and it's very interesting that the IDF chief of staff Hersia Levy has made a number of announcements about this particular incident the first thing that he said was i am the one who is responsible for this tragedy not those soldiers please come to me and blame me because it's on my watch and this is my army and i am responsible for what happened out there and then he went on to say that the idf does not um uh, uh, fire against people who come out with their hands up or who have a white flag which we understand those hostages did that we understand that they probably understood the idf r- rules of engagement um and what is uh, required in order to prevent idf soldiers from firing against people without first checking out who they are and yet in spite of that um there was um, a fire directed in their direction which unfortunately killed those three hostages one can only imagine having survived 70 days in hamas captivity and finally finally coming to idf soldiers thinking that this is the moment that you're going to be rescued and then unfortunately not surviving the incident and we can also understand the soldiers involved who have been battling for more than 70 days in very very dangerous conditions very extreme conditions more than 120 idf soldiers killed now since the ground invasion into gaza and waiting and fighting for the moment when we will finally find our hostages and be able to heroically and triumphantly bring them home and when the opportunity presents itself unfortunately the pressures of being in the battlefield just somehow take over it's not exactly clear whether hamas may have been involved in some sinister attempts to um cause those soldiers to somehow fire towards those hostages all of the stories have not yet come out and i will be honest and say that the more i hear the less i want to hear because i feel that this tragedy for those individuals for their families and for all of us for the soldiers involved for the army and for all of us the tragedy is enormous is enormous it feels like a very very heavy cloud hanging over us over this particular tragedy and i'm not sure that releasing more details is helpful to this particular cause yesterday i heard that apparently the hostages they went into where the hostages have been held yeah. and it seems as if like they've been held there for some time and there were stories about them using leftover food in order to try and create a sign that they might be able to hold out to show soldiers some really really heartrending and tragic stories about survival and 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 a, a real drive to survive to overcome all the odds and survive uh, and to, to somehow um, be able to come home when all of that ended in tragedy so of course our hearts go out not only to the families of those hostages um who were killed but our hearts also go out to 
to our soldiers who are operating in extremely difficult and, and, and extremely dangerous environments. And sometimes it's just a spur of the moment decision that needs to be made, a life or death spur of the moment Literally, decision that yeah. goes either right or wrong. And unfortunately, in this case, it went wrong. And we are just heartbroken, heartbroken over this incident. Yeah, and really get the gravity of when we say the blessing, blessed is the true judge, um, Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. We understand that only God could have understood this situation. And, um, yeah, just absolutely tragic. I have to tell you something, Anthony, you know, you say that, you know, the IDF releasing information that maybe they shouldn't. From us sitting in the diaspora, it is very, very important because when we see how honest and how straightforward Israel is being and where they are critical of themselves, they are being critical of themselves. Um, it's very, very important because what that does is that maintains the integrity of the information coming out of the IDF. And that's very important. Mm. I, I do agree. And I, I, I absolutely agree that transparency does um, help us to see the integrity in the army. I also think that, you know, having immediately stumped up and said, look, guys, this was a tragic, tragic mistake. And uh, the um, chief of general staff, Hertzi Alevi, coming out and publicly saying, I want you to hold me responsible. I am responsible for this tragedy. Don't look at any else within the army we will deal with what we need to deal with in the army we've already sent out messages to all troops in the field that they should know that we don't fire towards people who are holding their hands up we don't fire towards people who are who are holding white flags we've reiterated that particular message so that this tragedy cannot repeat itself or indeed that we can't be held responsible for firing at the enemy who might come up with their hands up and without with with white flags because we know that that potentially could land in the international criminal court somewhere quite easily so the message has gone out loud and clear that that's not the way that the idf behaves and i think that they've been extremely honest having said all of that i think that there is a level to which the information is too much information so that's just my own personal view but of course i'd be happy to hear to the contrary from the listeners out there Absolutely. Okay, so uh, can we talk about this monster tunnel? I was absolutely amazed looking at the footage. You can drive a car. It's, these these tunnels are so big. It's 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 incredible. Describe them for us, Anthony. Um. So this is going to be known as the Sinwar Tunnel because this is a tunnel which has apparently been built almost personally by the brother of the Hamas leader, Muhammad Sinwar. That's the brother, and he apparently is the person who's really taken much responsibility for the building of this tunnel. So the tunnel is apparently four kilometers long, and it is 50 meters below ground level. It's called a strategic tunnel, um, and it happens to be located right on the northern border of Gaza with Israel around the Erez crossing. Apparently, we understand that the largest and the longest tunnel in Gaza that the IDF has found so far. And as you rightly point out, we saw this video of Mohammed Sinwar driving his car in this tunnel. 
and it has all the infrastructure that you would expect. I mean, there's no problem driving the car through the tunnel because it's big enough and wide enough, and it's got everything that you need in order to drive a car and other vehicles and, of course, take people through there. Um, and um, while we understand that Sinwar, not Yahya Sinwar and not Muhammad Sinwar, were actually hiding in this tunnel recently, um, but the IDF was absolutely astonished to discover the amount of investment that has gone into this tunnel. Um, apparently, there are blast doors that have been installed in this tunnel uh, in order to slow down the IDF advance or to potentially prevent um, any explosives from getting to the next area of the tunnel. They've gone as far as putting these blast doors on the tunnel. One of the things that I um, found very fascinating is that we have this unit in the army called the Yahalom unit, literally um, the diamond unit, the Yahalom unit, and there is a special anti-tunnel unit within Yahalom that's been established in order to try to deal with the tunnels in Gaza. They are engineers, they're regular infantry working with uh, various technologies and intelligence in order to try to map out the full length and the breadth of the tunnel. We understand that one of the shafts of the tunnel comes as close as 400 meters to the Eros crossing. Um, it's just a monstrous tunnel with so much infrastructure, so much engineering and millions of dollars of investment that has been built. And I don't know that this is going to be the last tunnel of the sort that we find in Gaza and I don't think we should be surprised if we find similar tunnels moving forward because the amount of investment that has gone into the tunnel network is just astonishing. And, and when you see a tunnel like this, you can't help but just be absolutely flabbergasted by how much work and effort has gone into building these tunnels. Yeah. Anthony, it's just gone 8 o'clock, but I do have some questions for you. Um, Carol Z wants to know, she says, um, I must ask you about the barrage of missiles filed into, fired onto the Kotel area on Friday night and the people running for cover. Have you got any update on that? Yeah, I mean, we did have a barrage of rockets that came out around 6 o'clock on Friday evening. Of course, Shabbat had already started. Um, people were running for cover as the sirens went. Unfortunately, um, there were no injuries or damage that was reported. Our Iron Dome uh, system was well in place. And, of course, there were these very, very absurd pictures showing the Al-Aqsa Mosque being protected by Iron Dome against missiles coming in from Gaza. And one of the things that I just wanted to mention, even I've, I've had the opportunity to run a little bit late, but um, more than 200 missiles have been fired from within encampment areas that have been established for refugees in Gaza. So they've established these tent areas, and from within those tent encampment areas established for refugees, we've already counted more than 200 missiles fired with, from within those areas towards Israel. The missile fire has de decreased uh, a little over time, continues mostly around the Gaza border area, but of course on Friday we did have this barrage towards Jerusalem. Okay, one more question from Gimple. Thanks for the question, Gimple. He says, regarding the brachot from the Mizin's uh, microphone, how is it that there's cell phone footage? We are told that the IDF are not allowed to take phones into Gaza, and he makes an excellent point. How is there cell right, phone so footage? This, this, so this was actually in Janine rather than in Gaza, oh. um, and so um, therefore um, the uh, rules that apply in Gaza are not quite as stringent um, in Janine. Um, there are certain small numbers of people who do carry emergency phones even in Gaza uh, and there is information that is coming out of Gaza but in this particular case we're talking about Janine. 
Okay, well, there we go. And that's what we call a nuance. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the guy. Who knows? Anthony Reich, we will chat to you tomorrow morning. Thank you very, very much. And uh, that was Anthony Reich with the Israel Report. Coming up, we've got news with Lindy. If you want to get in touch with me, 34519 after 8 o'clock. I am going to get to all of your messages. There are just so many that are coming in. So, uh, yeah, send them in if you want me to read them. The number is 34519. That is a text line. Or 061-895-1019. I do apologize that your news is late. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Israel.